Hey there, I'm Kyle Trigstad, politics editor for Bloomberg Government. And I'm Greg Giroux, senior elections reporter for Bloomberg Government. Check out our podcast, Down Ballot Counts. Each week, Greg and I will be breaking down all of those down ballot elections that make up the fight for the U.S. Congress. Listen and subscribe to Down Ballot Counts from Bloomberg Government wherever you get your podcasts. From Washington, this is Talking Tax. I'm Jeff Leon. As you may recall, there was a Supreme Court case a couple years ago that looked at the issue of whether sports gambling should be legal nationwide. One of the parties in this case was the National Collegiate Athletic Association, better known as the NCAA. It was opposed to legalizing gambling on the grounds that doing so would threaten the amateur statuses of the college athletes. Well, the NCAA ended up losing that case, and now sports gambling is basically above board. And it looks like the NCAA's attitude towards this seems to be, if you can't beat them, join them. Bloomberg Taxes Sam McQuillan reported earlier this month that the University of Colorado, with the blessing of the NCAA, entered into an endorsement deal with a sports betting startup worth more than $1.5 million. The deal allows the startup to brand itself as a proud partner of the Colorado Buffaloes. These types of deals pose some interesting tax implications. I spoke with Sam about why the NCAA allowed this deal and what it could mean for taxes in higher education. Sports betting is still, even though it's been a, almost two years since the Supreme Court cleared the way for, uh, for states to start legalizing it and taxing it, regulating it on its own, it's still a relatively young and new industry. For the first time ever, um, a university partnered with a sports book. They, they've historically haven't, you know, you don't want to mix gambling in colleges at all, but um, the University of Colorado announced that they're going to have this uh, five-year endorsement slash sponsorship kind of thing um, with this company called PointsBet, which is um, just an online sports betting uh, thing that's located in uh, Denver. Um, but the deal is going to be for um, $1.6 million over five years, and it's pretty monumental um, considering how um, the NCAA was one of the parties that originally fought to um, get rid of the um, the whole sports betting Supreme Court case. It was uh, Murphy versus the NCAA. Um, and the NCAA in the past has been super um, against betting in college sports. They even um, earlier this summer asked, uh, asked Congress if they could ban um, betting on college sports, which Congress said they couldn't really do. But um, it's pretty interesting that, um, you know, this deal happened and it marks um, probably more to come in this space, deals between colleges and uh, sports betting operators. This development looks like it's a completely new territory for universities. Um, you know, what does this mean for, for the schools? Well, the first thing it means is money. Um, universities, like everybody, have been hurting during the pandemic, um, especially a couple months ago when, you know, you didn't even know if you would have college football. Um, obviously, college basketball was canceled last year, and those are big revenue raisers for universities. Um, even Stanford announced that like they said, they don't have enough money to support all their sports programs. So I think they cut about like 12 of their varsity programs, which is pretty insane to think about, you know, on the surface, all it is, is really, um, you know, at games, uh, around stadiums and venues, um, especially at the University of Colorado, um, they're going to be saying, hey, points bet is a great place to bet um, points. Thank, thank you to points bet for um, sponsoring us and paying for this. Um, it's pretty much just a promotional opportunity for the sports book. Um, for the universities, it pretty much just means they're getting cozier and cozier um, with sports books, which um, 
down the road, but like maybe potentially could lead to some more stuff. Um, this one big thing in sports betting is the exchange of data. Um, that's like the real time statistics about players and like what they're doing. So you can bet in the moment um, whether or not, you know, the quarterback at the University of Colorado is going to throw another interception in the next quarter or not. Um, all that has to be tracked and it's really expensive. Um, it, sports books can make a lot of money with other, you know, other partners um, tracking that data. Um, so this just opens the doors up to more of those kinds of deals. Um, you know, anytime betting and college sports are going to mix, which, you know, historically it's, it's an amateur profession. Um, it's more money's going to be involved somewhere down the line. More universities are going to start to do it. Um, the NCAA, even though they've been against it, they, they haven't come out and said anything about it. Um, the athletic director at, at Colorado actually said that um, he got the NCAA's blessing before they did it. Um, so it just means more money um, down the line for colleges. And, um, you know, it's it marks the start of the first relationship. So, I mean, potentially we could see more more deals that go beyond straightforward advertising that start to deal with some of the data, um, selling those kinds of things um, and just more money in general. What does this move kind of present? Um, what challenges um, does the move kind of present challenges for the players? Or does it present new challenges for the students? Um, yeah, I mean, so the the first thing um, when they announced the deal, they didn't like come out with um, the exact details of what was going on. They kind of said, hey, we have this deal. Um, that was one of the first questions people raised, like, OK, like you're going to be promoting gambling on the campus and around the stadium. Um, the legal age to gamble in Colorado, I believe, is 21. That's like less than half of their student body. Um, so there is some kind of legal questions there. Um, the the universe, the university um, ended up releasing the details um, a couple of weeks after they announced it, um, which shows that, like, they're going to make sure that, you know, um, that it's only geared towards people over 21. Um, they're going to be mindful of regulating. So, um, you know, illegal gambling is done. Um, but then, you know, you have, um, like you said about the players, um, Anytime, you know, the, there's more money made off of the players and sports, you know, folks are going to be skeptical, um, especially of the NCAA. The NCAA for a long time has said, we don't want to mix like like we don't want to mix betting and uh, college sports. You know, it could coerce players. Someone could say, hey, I have a lot of money riding on this. Um, like, can you please like drop this pass or I need you to play well today? The deal is hammered out where like the players are prohibited from betting on anything, um, which is in conjunction sort of um, with college sports rules in general. You know, players aren't allowed to mix in the space. Um, there is a portion of the deal that uh, that goes towards like career development um, and opportunities, educational opportunities and um, at the University of Colorado and helping the players. Um, it wasn't disclosed initially, which raised some eyebrows. Um, from some advocacy folks in the uh, the college uh, student athlete space, and like I said before, with the the data stuff, um, if that's the road, it looks like it's the road it's going to lead up to. Um, once player data starts getting exchanged, um, you could have cases where players are saying like, "Hey, I'm the one who creates that data; uh, it belongs to me." Um, you could have some intellectual property claims, um, saying like, "You're making money off of what I'm doing," um, which is sort of in line with where college sports has been going for a while. Um, the NCAA is, uh, is working on legislation that I think they're gonna release in January, um, which will allow student athletes to um, earn endorsements 
without losing their eligibility, uh, which is monumental. You know, they've always been like, we want to keep money out of college sports because it's amateurism. Um, putting money in it would make it professional. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty interesting right there. there um, it's kind of like a Pandora's box with all these things happening. I want to kind of hop over and ask, uh, you know, what kind of potential tax implications could go on here? Like, what are what are some of the big things that could happen, um, especially when it comes to taxation? Sure. So not only is this monumental from a college sports standpoint, from a sports betting standpoint, it's pretty monumental from a tax standpoint as well. Um, this marks... Um, as far as I know and as far as I've seen with the research going on, um, the first endorsement deal between a sports book um, and anybody that's tax free. You know, the University of Colorado is a nonprofit, so they don't pay they don't pay really any taxes. Um, there's this thing called the um, the unrelated business income tax, better known as UBIT, which is pretty much a tax on nonprofits um, that they have to pay for any sort of income that they get that doesn't really come from their mission and what they do, you know, for, for schools like Colorado, it's typically things like football tickets, uh, you know, if they have restaurants, um, Jersey sales. So that's like the majority of taxes that nonprofits really owe is that UBIT. But you would think that this would fall under that because you would wonder how a deal with a, a sports betting operator would relate to their mission. There's actually this um, special exclusion in UBIT that the IRS has called a qualified sponsorship agreement. It basically allows um, nonprofits, museums, universities, whatever, um, the money they're getting from endorsement deals like these to still be tax-free as long as it's limited to neutral statements about the product. And that means, like, for example, if I'm sponsored by Coca-Cola, you know, I can't say like at a halftime in the sponsorship, I can't say um, thank you to Coca-Cola. Um, Coca-Cola is better than Pepsi. You guys should try it. Um, it has like 25 percent less calories or whatever. Um, you can only really say thank you to our sponsor, Coca-Cola, um, for like sponsoring us in this game. You know, they have to be neutral statements. And originally when this deal was announced, um, it seemed like that's what it was going to be. But since the details weren't out. Um, there was no way of really knowing. And then the details came out late on a Friday, a couple, couple weeks later, and the language did, in fact, include neutral statements about the product, um, which, you know, by design, that makes it tax-free. Um, a portion of the deal I talked about before, which is going to go towards education and uh, funding um, different programs at the University of Colorado, um, that's going to be tax-deductible for PointsBet. I think it's about um, $75,000. Um, they're going to be spending on that um, year to year, um, but that's going to give tax write-offs to points bet as pretty much like donations to a nonprofit. Um, so there's a couple of tax implications. You know, it's the first tax-free um, partnership with a sports betting provider and anybody. Um, and then, you know, it gives a sports betting provider some write-offs too that they can use on top of that. So Wow. So as a reporter in sports and state tax issues, what are your thoughts about this move in the broader context? Yeah, I think that more and more universities are going to look to do these kinds of deals, especially as they're um, they're hurting right now because of the pandemic. More and more sports books are going to be looking to do these kinds of deals as well um, because it's tax free. Um, they can get some tax write offs on it, and the industry is just growing so much as a whole. And you know, there's a bunch of states with uh, sports betting on the ballot in November. You got Maryland, you got Louisiana, South Dakota are all going to 
look at it um, and it's probably going to pass in most places because, um, you know, at a time when budgets really don't have when budgets are really hurting and states don't really have many options to raise taxes on people and raise revenue, businesses and uh, regular people are hurting as well. Raising taxes on them isn't too popular. Um, sports betting is one of those things where um, lawmakers can easily make the case is this is a huge opportunity for us to bring in new revenue um, without raising taxes on anybody. It's just sort of regulating the industry and capturing um, money that was untaxed before. That was Sam McQuillan, a reporter with Bloomberg Tax. You can find up-to-the-minute news on the latest tax and accounting developments at our website, news.bloombergtax.com. That website, once again, is news.bloombergtax.com. And if you have any thoughts about what you just heard, or really anything else, get in touch with us on Twitter. We use the handle at tax. This is Talking Tax, produced by myself, Jeff Leon, and David Schultz. Kathy Larson is our editor. When it comes to the environment, there are, let's say, a lot of moving parts. Climate change, air pollution, water pollution, chemical contamination, endangered species, renewable energy, superfund, asbestos, recycling, lead, mold, radon, stormwater... That's where Parts Per Billion comes in. Join me, David Schultz, on the Parts Per Billion podcast every Wednesday to sort out everything that's going on in the environment, from the courts to Congress to your backyard. Download and subscribe to Parts Per Billion wherever you get your podcasts, and thanks for listening.